0: Hi, and welcome back to The Voice of Healthcare, Episode 6, for Wednesday, October 18th, 2017. My name is Bradley Metrock. I'm CEO of a company called Score Publishing based here in Nashville, Tennessee. My co-host for the Voice of Healthcare is Dr. Matt Cebulski. Matt, say hello. Hey, everybody. Good to be back, Bradley. Yeah, good to be back with you, Matt. Uh, we uh, skipped September, it seems. <laughs> but uh, it's great to be back with you exploring healthcare. Um, this, is, this is a fun show. And thank you for setting this time aside. Our guest today is Nate Treloar. Nate, say hello.
1: Hi, guys. Matt Bradley. Good to be on the show with you.
0: Thank you very much for joining us, Nate. And Nate is President and Chief Operating Officer of Orbita. Do I have that right?
1: You got that right. You might also add in co-founder.
0: Okay, excellent. And co-founder as well. So give us the elevator pitch on what Orbita is and does.
1: Yeah, sure thing. So Orbita is a software company. We're based up here in Boston, not quite three years old. So we started in early 2015. And we're focused on the challenge of remote patient engagement, uh, particularly for individuals that do not or cannot for one reason or another, use the traditional smartphones, tablets, and other connected digital technologies that are becoming more common for um, improving patient care in remote settings. So our our whole position on this is that with the rise of things like intelligent voice assistance with the Amazon Echo being an example, we're seeing a transformation in how we can engage patients uh, in remote care in this new digital world. But what we're seeing is that uh, most healthcare organizations, home care organizations, and other similar uh, organizations in the industry don't have the skills, tools, or the ability, uh, or even access to the tools to create and manage these applications in a way that makes sure that they're secure and robust, and importantly, align with the goals of improving patient care and interfacing with existing systems. So our uh, flagship offering is something we call Orbit of Voice. And it's the first enterprise grade, it's sort of a buzz phrase, but uh, I'll explain what enterprise grade means in a second. Uh, enterprise grade platform for creating and managing uh, voice assistance in healthcare applications. So uh, healthcare systems, care management service providers, and other organizations that we work with we're seeking to improve remote patient engagement and education through these kinds of voice applications, use our technology to improve the way patients engage through the power of voice. So a very simple example is um, being able to track um, assess- through assessment surveys how an individual who might be under chronic care uh, care for a chronic um, uh, ailment at home is, is progressing. And what we offer, and I have a number of examples, are uh, application technology where the patient can interface with something like an Amazon Echo and answer basic questions. Um, In the case of uh, a patient, say, with chronic rheumatoid arthritis, they might be asked questions, you know, how easy is it for you to, um, you know, walk 500 steps on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, How easy was it for you to dress today? You know, asking basic questions, um, but doing it through a voice interface so that they can actually um, gather that data or input that data without having to manipulate a smartphone. And then other examples are, it might be obvious, but patients who have vision impairment and cannot use traditional digital technologies like a smartphone or a tablet, voice is a great alternative to delivering them that same sort of Um, experience without um, having to, with a a, uh, kind of a hands-free type of environment.
0: So for somebody who's got a chronic condition, or one of the examples I believe you had on the web is somebody dealing with substance abuse who needs reinforcement, who needs nudging, this can step in and be um, something that really helps them. I, I was struck sort of looking at your site on um, really the humanity of what you've managed to put together, the, the combination of the voice-first usages as well as some of the stuff you do that appears to be more like mobile app-driven, like the way that a patient or uh, a user of Orbita Engage can lay out um tasks that they need help with you know i need someone to bring dinner over i need someone to take me to the doctor's office and you've got all this stuff really integrated in a way that i I think is really really well put together um can you can you talk to us a little bit about sort of how you approach the you know making sure the humanity of the patient stayed at the front of what you're offering
1: yeah um well i'll tell you it's it's something that we've taken quite seriously and and um you know, the background of the team at Orbita, we're technology guys first and foremost. So, um, you know, trying to be aware of the problem and fall in love with the problem before you fall in love with the solution and technology is a challenge for people who are like us, enamored with technology. Um, But we've really worked hard to understand what is the experience and emphasize the word experience that's gonna be conducive to truly engaging a patient in their own care and empowering their friends and family and professional caregivers and ultimately informing their care, clinical care providers. So those are the three personalities or personas that we care about, the patient, their care team, a circle of care team around them, which can be their children or uh, loved ones, and then the professional caregivers who um, are are uh, are motivated to ensure that that patient is getting the best possible care in every setting. So we designed our whole platform around those concepts and around the idea of um, optimizing the needs of each of those different stakeholders. And I think what you see um, in our material and the way our, our technology comes forward is an awareness of the needs of each of those individuals. So we're not trying to put technology out there for technology's sake. Um, While it's true that uh, a lot of our technology is fairly general um, and can be applied across a variety of different use cases. um, What we wanna do is make sure that we've identified the templates and patterns that represent the real value and important things that those different stakeholders care about. So um, there are plenty of companies that have care management and home care monitoring solutions, um, and they're they're geared towards different ways of collecting data from the patient using you know a tablet or a smartphone like I said before, or an increasingly these smart devices that are connected um, weight scales or oximeters or blood pressure monitors and those are those are great ways to kind of collecting very objective data about the wellness of the patient. but what they don't always do, is take into consideration the patient's kind of motivations and emotions for being a participant in their own care. That's why we, we like these voice assistant technologies because they're not medical devices, they're lifestyle devices. So in addition to reporting your, your wellness through a device like an Amazon Echo, you can also play some music, listen to some Willie Nelson and, and check the weather and find out you know who the Patriots beat this past week. And, and uh, yeah, that
0: was for you. Yeah, yeah, I got that. <laughs>
1: and, uh, and, uh, and, and generally um, kind of have an experience that's more whole health and not just around a particular chronic kind of care need. It's not to say that those other devices <clears throat> don't play a role in a connected health care experience, but we, what we wanted to do is make sure that what we were putting forth to our Customers, um, which is really enabling technology. Because to be clear, we're not building the complete last mile solution. It's it's not a complete solution until the patients are onboarded and it's hooked into a care plan and all the other things. So we provide sort of the the skeleton, the framework for doing that. And our customers, are healthcare systems and care management companies, are building out the, the complete solution. So we're we're an enabling technology in that ecosystem but it doesn't mean that we're kind of removed from thinking about these things. So I, I was, I'm glad to hear you point that out.
0: And so today, um, just looking through your site, uh, y- y'all released a press release full of a, a lot of different new enhancements that you've brought to Orbital Voice, um, specifically sort of with the healthcare sector in mind. You wanna share some of that with us?
1: Yeah, that um, I probably went out an hour ago.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> You're referring to, yeah, it just went out today. Yeah, we're, we're getting ready for um, a release of our next version of Orbit of Voice. It's, um, uh, we're kind of informally referring it to as the, the enterprise release. And what it includes in it are a number of capabilities that our customers have come to us and say, these are of value to us if you can double down on, the, on these things. They include, among other things, the ability to create um, these voice and conversational healthcare applications in a way That allows you to publish them to different types of kind of application frameworks. So I mentioned Amazon Alexa, which is Amazon's speaker, uh, smart speaker. That's one platform. Google has their own as well, as does um, Microsoft. And um, there are a bunch of other ones coming on the market. There are also... telephone system. People are familiar with these voice systems. You call up and you get these automated response that, that ask you questions and you say yes or no. Our new release will support what we call omni-channel publishing. So you cre- create these experiences and they'll run across any of these different platforms. And so for our customers that want to create a voice application for Amazon Alexa, or Google Home, they can create it using our platform and basically have access to all these different types of devices and experiences. Um, even uh, text messaging. So you can interact with a smart healthcare agent, record your uh, health assessments through text messaging, through a smart speaker, through a telephone interface. Um, and that, so that's one of them. The other thing, um, the other things that we've introduced is more um, kind of enterprise class um, management technology which allows non-technical people to, to manage that voice experience and the content that, for example, might go into a, a daily assessment survey without having to be a programmer. And it might seem, well, you know, why isn't this already um, common? The, the challenge with these new voice technologies is they're, they're quite new. And so the tooling for being able to manage content as easily as you could manage content on a website or in um, other digital uh, platforms is not quite there yet. So, for our customers who want to manage, say, an assessment survey, and say, "Hey, you know, for this population of patients, this is, this is the assessment survey I want them to be doing," and for this other population of patients, this is the assessment survey I want them to be doing, and with a click of a button, they can change the experience delivered through these voice-first applications.
0: And just to be clear, the uh, your your product, Orbit of Voice is primarily with healthcare in mind, but you'll let anyone use it, or it's only for healthcare, or who who can and cannot use Orbital Voice?
1: Well, um, we're a startup company, um, Bradley, so we're, we, we're a little opportunistic um, in general. Sure. Um, but we are hyper-focused on healthcare and healthcare use cases. We do reference other industries and in some of our material and even on our website. You know, anybody can come to us and get a, uh, a sandbox environment for Orbital Voice and start developing voice-first conversational applications for really any use case. But our business, we're really focused on healthcare. That's why the, um, the, the application uh, it's called Orbital Engage reference on our website. is very, very healthcare focused because to your point earlier, we we want to make sure we don't, uh, we're not disconnected from sort of the humanity of what these applications are ultimately trying to deliver.
2: No, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you completely, Nathan, that this is really going to be um, a harbinger of change when it comes to dealing with patients, especially because most patients, not all, but A large majority of patients know how to talk. And because of that reason, we can interact with them. But the question I have for you is in the design of what you guys are building or even in your consultations with particular clients that use something like Orbital Voice, how are you building in engagement into the tool or how do you advise them into creating an engagement uh, process when... Somebody um, might have a lot of other lifestyle toys and tools at home, including um, some noise built into their smartphone that's with them all the time.
1: Yeah, um, well, you know there's no kind of one answer to any uh, um, you know any of the breadth of different applications that we might experience or go after. Um, there There's maybe a couple different ways of answering that question, Matt. The first one would be what are the best practices for designing? Uh, a voice or conversational interface for somebody in a care setting or you know, you know, who's who's at home maybe doing their dishes and needs to take their assessment survey or has, wants to send a, um, a message to a care team member. You know, what we're doing through the process of our projects and developing our, our, pro, our platform is cataloging uh, best practice and templatizing best practice interactions um, and that includes um, knowing, for example, here's a very simple example. Um, people don't have a lot of patience in a conversational interface for uh, to listen to the voice assistant talk for two minutes, right? And uh, so somebody asked a question about, I don't know, um, I'll give, give you a really concrete example. We did a first aid application with a, a healthcare system out of the Midwest um, for uh, Amazon Alexa. And a common question might be, how do I treat a sunburn? If they took the content that they might have on their website and just put that into a voice application, it's not gonna be a good experience because it's about two or three paragraphs, clinically vetted response to how to treat a sunburn. More typically, if you are in a conversation with a nurse and asking that question, he or she might come back and say, well, most sunburns are um, mild, um, but if you see a blister, Um, This is how you should respond to treating uh, sunburn that starts to blister. And they will ask a question back. Are you seeing blisters on your sunburn? They don't know up front. So it becomes much more interactive and conversational, and the content needs to reflect that change. So that's sort of the best practice answer. There's technical realities of these technologies that also need to be addressed. Noise in the room, the type of device itself that the user might be interacting with, A lot of people have smartphones and you can interact with these voice assistants over your smartphone, but they don't have the same quality of microphones that you see in some of these newer devices like the Amazon Echo. Anybody who's worked with something like Siri will know that you kind of have to be right up front and close with your microphone when you're talking to Siri. We expect these technologies to continue to improve. Um, In the meantime, there's just simple realities. And what we're seeing, which is sort of interesting, is that the technology kind of is starting to train us. <laughs> um, even with voice and you know, people are learning to you know, know how to wake up their voice assistant by saying her name, um, Echo or Alexa. And, um, and that, that training is even happening with um, uh, older populations uh, who might otherwise be technophobic and not willing to use uh, um, other you know, smartphones and tablets. Um, It's kind of like when we first got smartphones and you had to learn to use the touch screen to swipe around. Uh, We eventually, you know, most people eventually kind of learned how to interact with their smartphone through this new interface. So we're seeing a little bit of give and take when it comes to working with these new voice assistants. You
2: You know, that brings up a good point, Nate. Um, I watched a video recently with a young person, I think a four or five year old, and they were handed a Game Boy um, and I think uh, I'm dating myself by saying getting a Game Boy for my grandfather was like this amazing gift. Um, and the video showed this child hitting the screen and then looking up at the parent, confused, like, why doesn't my finger do the thing yeah, yeah. that I'm used to seeing this well, thing, my, my these favorite kinds of
1: story. screens do. Yeah, my favorite so, story yeah. was somebody holding, I don't know if this is an apocryphal story, but somebody, some kid, young child, holding a newspaper and trying to touch it to interact. Wow. With
2: Mm -hmm. I love that. Now the same analogy could be true uh, regarding these voice technologies. I mean, I love that point that we're somewhat being trained. I mean, I noticed that when I'm using my Alexa to communicate with um, many times, I have to make some repetitions or change the way I ask something to get the right answer. But it seems to me that the, as the technology advances, there's going to be this more natural language kind of speech, um, that we're able to tie into maybe it is the processing of the sound itself maybe it's something else we don't even know um but something that you mentioned in an article i read about you uh, was this advent of moving away from using wake words into some other realm um, do you have any indication about how that might uh, evolve and what that might change as far as my interaction
1: yeah um, it's probably best to kind of speak to it in a in the context of a very specific example. So one that's coming up in um, residential care facilities that we're seeing is um, what they wanna have happen with these smart devices and these smart speakers is that when you know um, Donna, (laughs) that's my mom's name, comes into the room, um, it says, good morning, Donna. It's uh, 9.30. Don't forget to take your um, 10 milligrams of Coumadin and uh, today is Wednesday, and um, at 11 o'clock, you have a physical therapy appointment. Um, Sarah will be coming in for half an hour, and, uh, you know, have a great day. <laughs> so, basically, it triggers an interaction through some other sort of input, and in that in that case, it might be just a motion detector that knows that she stepped into the room, or, uh, you, know, you know, the sort of Big brother type of example would be a, a, a camera with a um, facial recognition detection on it that knows not only did somebody come in the room but through facial recognition, we know it's a Donna and we know what to say to her. Um, so that's that's the, the one of the more common uh, requests that we get. Um, the, right now, not all of these smart speaker devices support that kind of direct automated and programmatic pushing of um, interaction like that, you have to kind of wake them up. But we're starting to see um, interest in that in very specific use cases where the, that voice agent is a little more proactive, right? It's gonna, you know, stepping in and saying something right away.
2: Yeah, that's, that's really exciting, actually. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely at the very early stages of all of this and, um, uh, you know, one thing that I wish that Alexa would do is, um, you know, I have a wife at home and every once in a while, maybe it could whisper back an answer to me, like, when's our anniversary and have I bought a gift yet?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I think you can do that. I don't know if it'll whisper it, but uh, you can set reminders. One of the things that um, Amazon did recently, which is pretty interesting for the um, home care market, a couple of things, both Amazon and Google, is that you can make phone calls over your device. So um, as long as your contact list is accessible to the Alexa app, Um, Anybody on your contact list, you can place a phone call to just by saying, you know, I do it all the time. I say uh, call mom and um, it will make a direct call to their landline and it works great. It's a voice over IP telephone call, but it works great. So you can um, kind of turn that around. And my parents who live in kind of an elder care facility, they have a Google home and they can call me. They can just say, hey, Google call Nate and it'll place a call to my cell phone. So it works kind of in that, in that direction. You can also do device to device calls, which um, is, you know, it kind of has a dependency you have to both have that device. But the, the, the other thing that, that Amazon dot did, which is sort of interesting from a home care point of view is they've got this thing called drop-in and the way it works is
2: that- Yeah, I love that thing. I play with that all the time. In fact, my friends and I go bonkers with that.
1: Yeah. So, so for listeners, the uh, way drop-in works is uh, if, if somebody, you know, somebody that you know has an Echo and they kind of grant you the right to do this, you can use your Echo or your Alexa app on your smartphone and drop in on them, basically open up a connection to their device and say, hey, Bradley, how's it going? When are you coming over? And if you're with an earshot of that device, you can respond so it kind of it, it, it has a little bit of that big brother feeling too as well but um, as long as you kind of granted the right for somebody to drop in like that on you um, it's pretty powerful and very powerful if you have a loved one um, or you're running a residential care setting and you want to check in on one of your residents or patients you can just you know use your app and just directly reach out over them so like like an intercom
2: yeah like one of the things we're uh, developing and, um, on the Ionia world is, um, uh, some work with depression and anxiety. You mentioned earlier about connecting patients to loved ones through orbit of voice, or, or at least having that option to do so. A tool like drop-in for someone who might be in addiction recovery, for example, or struggling with depression and anxiety is huge. It, it uh, in the in the pandemic of loneliness that we have in this country because of technology, I see this as a feature that starts to break down that wall a little bit and Absolutely. allows for some emotional integration, Absolutely. which really, whether it's psychiatric mental illness or if, if it's physical, has shown uh, to to accelerate healing processes.
1: Yeah, yeah, as a real medical benefit. Another one, um, somewhat related, is uh, individuals with Alzheimer's. Um, it's not uncommon for somebody with d- dementia to ask this, their spouse the same question over and over again. What day is today? What's on my schedule? What time is it? Um, and if you're the spouse of that individual, you could be a saint, but eventually, you know, getting that same question every five minutes of the course of the day can wear you down. And the worst thing you could do to that person is remind them that you've, they asked you the same question 30 seconds ago. It's not good for them, uh, their anxiety level goes up, it's actually physically bad. But guess what, Alexa never gets tired of that question. It, so and strangely enough, um, individuals with dementia um, respond, can respond well to these voice assistants because these assistants are, have no ego. In some cases they refer to the, uh, Alexa as their friend.
0: This whole conversation really resonates with me uh, personally and I think we ha- all will have to make a decision <clears throat> on to what level of intrusion I mean intrusion is the word, although normally it's you know said negatively, but uh, in this case it, it shouldn't be viewed like that intrusion that these devices are allowed to to have into our lives because um you know the thing I think about is cancer detection, so I am a melanoma survivor, and uh i I have a distinct memory of of reading uh it wasn 't too long ago I read an article about how um People who have, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, meaningful relationships—you know, people who are married um, or people who are, you know, have a significant other who are in positive and healthy relationships—get their get, when they are diagnosed with cancer, the the diagnosis is is normally you know standard deviations earlier than it is if they don't have those sorts of relationships and they don't have sort of nudging to 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 go to the doctor and stuff like that. And uh, for me personally, it was my wife who um, insisted that I go to the doctor to get this spot on my arm checked out. And uh, fortunately, she did that. Um, and so it was diagnosed, you know, at stage 1B as opposed to stage 4. Right. And so um, it's interesting to hear. And to, first of all, it's interesting to see Orbita and its, its offering – and here you all talk about this because it's very easy to uh, understand the value um, of different ways that uh, voice assistance and intelligent technology can um, complement the human experience and and provide um, you know sort of sort of as I mentioned earlier, humanity, where there needs to be humanity sort of injected, you know people having reminders and prodding who may not have. Uh, all of the network and support that somebody else has. Right. Well said. I think that,
2: um, and this is, it's kind of laudatory, but I really um, am very impressed with the, um, the subject and the content of what you all are producing, especially as a vehicle to accelerate these tools for patients, healthcare entities, um, and other providers. Um, well done and uh, looking forward to seeing what you guys do in the future.
1: Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. Yeah, so next week we'll be in Boston at the Connected Health Conference, and uh, like like you mentioned earlier, we'll be showcasing our next generation of our platform there. I'm also participating on a panel related to um, Alexa in healthcare, and uh, we're uh, we're expecting um, this really to. to um, we, we know this will take off. Uh, we're certainly in early days um, and we learn uh, applications and use cases of this technology every day. Um, every, every conversation I have, i learned, you know other potential uh, for how we can bring these kind of uh, solutions to market. So we're having a lot of fun.
0: We certainly appreciate you setting the time aside and, and sharing about Orbita with us and sharing your insight and expertise uh, with us, Nate. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Bradley, Matt. I appreciate it.
0: For The Voice of Healthcare, Wednesday, October 18th, 2017, thank you for listening, and until next time.